Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today. We're here with our guests. Why don't you introduce us to yourself and tell us what high demand religion or cult you left behind? Hi, um, my name is Maddie. I um, have not officially left, but I'm leaving the um, LDS church um, along with my husband, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But um, it's been a few years of me being the first one to leave, and then now he's in it with me. So that's great for us. And what made you two want to leave? Um, so really we, um, I was having doubts for several years and it just kind of like, there was a lot of things that didn't sit right in the religion for me, but, um, you know, he was in it and I was like doubting myself at the same time. So we stayed in the church, we attended, and it wasn't until we, um, started doing some research into the church history where it was just like an automatic click, like, oh, you know what? Like, we feel that this isn't true. We felt lied to. Um, and yeah, so it was really like a long process, but when it's, when it really clicked for us, it was fast and we we're in it together where we we're both done. So it was kind of interesting. So what was, was there like one pivotal moment that you both were like, oh yeah, this isn't for us. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, this happened to a lot of people, at least who I've talked to. We were watching that show, the under under the banner of heaven, and there is that moment when um, you know Joseph is trying to convince Emma about polygamy, and in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? Like, I felt that um, you know, like this whole thing was started because he wanted power and stuff, and like there was really no truth to what any of the teachings, and it kind of just all crumbled in that moment. So now you are on your way out, but you haven't officially left. Do you have plans to formally resign or are you just kind of going to do the where you'll keep your name on the record, but just not go? How does that look for you? Yeah, we both um, have plans formally to resign. I mean, we've printed out the um, quit Mormon paper, everything we need. We just haven't gone around um, <laughs> to getting a notary and everything. But um, that's something that is important to me, just kind of. Um, one to have like myself separated from the church and not like have that, you know, power almost um, like looming over my head. And I also just like, it's kind of satisfactory, like, oh, they have one less member thanks to me. Um, so that's definitely something that we want to do and we're happy to do it. Um, we have two um, little boys and we're happy that um, they're young. So they never really had a church experience or had to like deal with any of the teachings that can be negative, um, growing up. Um, so do you both have a lot of family still in the church and what, what does that dynamic look like for you guys? Yeah, surprisingly, it's been really good. Um, we both come from, like, we were both raised in the church and we have a lot of family that's still members. We both also have some family members that have left before us as well. Um, so we kind of, you know, we're getting closer to those family members in a way um, that like, for example, like I had some like aunts and uncles that had left and there's always kind of like that barrier between us all. Um, But now I feel like, wow, like I can relate to them. I feel sorry for anyways, like they were treated like, um, you know, differently. Um, But yeah, it's been a good experience. We haven't had like truly any negative experience with our family that's still in the church. They've been 
pretty respectful. So that's, you know, really, I'm thankful for that. And now where you have two little boys, were they blessed? And if so, are you doing quick Mormon paperwork for them? How does that look for you? Yeah, so our oldest son was blessed. Um, I would like to do, I've heard that it's kind of difficult with the like being blessed, but not baptized. I'll have to look into it. But yeah, I think we would definitely want to get him blessed or not blessed, taken out. And then for our youngest son, he was, um, he was just born when we were dealing with all of this, um, like leaving the church. And so he was never blessed. Um, so yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Um, so I was never a Mormon and for any of our listeners who didn't grow up Mormon, can you explain the difference between being blessed and being baptized? What was the difference for your son? Oh yeah, of course. So I think, um, so when you're, when you have a baby, um, you, you would bring it to the church and it's kind of like a, not a big deal. It's kind of more like, feels like a formality, but, um, normally the dad or somebody like a male, they'll just give like a blessing and he gives them a name in the church. And so they're not like officially members of the church yet, but they're like on the record of the church. So they have like their name recorded in like church documents. But then later um, when they're eight years old, that's when they get baptized and they fully become a member of the church. Yeah. So it's kind of like the paper trail starts, even though they're not officially a member. And so a lot of people, when they do leave, if they use quit Mormon, they'll do it for their kids too. So yeah. So now some of your family is out, but is all your immediate family out or how does that look for you? Um, for me, actually, um, I grew up, my parents weren't together and my dad's side of the family, they, none of, none of them were members. Um, and so it was very exciting for them, I think, to see me like finally come to the realization that like this church wasn't for me. Um, I think they're really happy and we connected over some things. Um, I think there's always like a barrier between us just because like some of the beliefs of the church, which were sadly like my beliefs at the time, like regarding like gay marriage, for example, like, and I have a brother who's gay, like, so I think that was always hard for them, like have that relationship with me, but knowing that something that's a part of my life was so against who they are and who their family was. So um, it was a really good experience leaving and letting them know about it. What, what are you looking forward to the most with your newfound freedom from the church? Um, That's a good question. I, I can't think of what I'm looking forward to, but what I'm, what I'm enjoying right now is just that burden that I didn't realize I always had, but like that burden of guilt um, just because the church, um, I felt always like taught, like, he, like they teach like, oh, we're, we're always trying to be perfect, but we'll never be perfect in acknowledging that. But there is still always that burden of like, you're, you're like dirty or you're constantly doing things wrong. You'll never be good enough. And ever since I've let go of the church, I just, I feel lighter. I feel less carefree. Um, and I just like, don't feel guilty all the time. I was just for years, I was convinced I was like the worst person in the world, <laughs> literally. And then like now I just, I'm fine. <laughs> like, um, so I, I'm really enjoying that and just, um, you know, not having to like 
teach my kids those same things as well. So now where you're newly out and this weekend was general conference, how are you enjoying not having to listen to eight hours of general conference? <laughs> that is, it's really nice. I like, I true like I'll come across things on social media, just like, Oh, I like this talk. I hated this talk. And it's just, you know, we get to, we went to the beach as a family yesterday and like, you know, I feel like that's so much better for my family to spend that quality time together rather than like forcing my little three-year-old to sit through eight hours of church. Um, so that's been really nice. Um, same with every Sunday. Like, um, you know, I just, I enjoy the time that we have now that we're not spending it in a church setting. Um, so spending that quality time together at the beach, um, do, do you guys still like, do you still believe in a creator? Like, do you feel like, oh, this is how we're really close to God is being out in nature or are you just like appreciating nature? Um, yeah, it's more, it's interesting. I have friends that have left and it's just varying. Like some believe in God still, some believe even like in the, the founder of the church, Joseph Smith, they still believe like that was true or they still believe in God. Um, both me and my husband, and it's kind of interesting that we're unique or we're agreed upon this. Like we personally just don't believe in God really, like maybe a 1% chance. I, I mean, um, and sometimes I think that's kind of sad. And sometimes it's also like relieving for me. Um, my dad, he passed away several months ago. And so like, I think about it a lot, like the afterlife or God and stuff. And it's, it's kind of a hard time to stop believing in it. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, it's just a total different thought process, I think. Well, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. Yeah. I have experienced losing my dad mm -hmm. and it is kind of different. Like you said, you know, not having that belief in like mm -hmm. an eternal family, but at the same time, it lets me like, actually fully grieve instead of like trying to like put like a spin on it like it's like just see you later so yeah yeah totally and I always um I even like when I believed in the church and the whole afterlife that we believed in um I was always just so sad by the thought of death and I I didn't understand it because I was like I know I'll see them people later but um yeah so it's definitely a different grieving process um so what are some things that you're going to do with your kids that you didn't get to do as a kid that you feel like you missed out on that you're excited for them to get to experience? Yeah. So it's so interesting. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm excited um, for this, but um, my husband, and I, when we were first leaving, we were like, but wait, how are we going to raise our kids? Because we were both raised really similarly with the same standards. Like, it wasn't a question if we were going to, you know, drink or smoke or have sex before marriage. Like it was just like, no, I'm not doing that. So we're like, how do we teach our kids? Like, and we were kind of like evaluating, like, do we really care? Like maybe it's, you know, like we, we want our kids to be safe, but maybe these things are fine under like the right circumstances. Um, so that's something we've kind of um, had to figure out as parents, just how to raise our kids in a different way that we were raised. Um, but I think like, I'm looking forward to like my boys not having the shame. And I think in the church, um, women and men are given, like, I think women have more shame than men have. Um, so I, I think like, it's a little different for, um, boys, but I'm, I'm happy that they won't have that burden of shame 
um, as they grow up. Now that you're on your way out, have you tried coffee or alcohol? What do you think of those if you've tried them? Yeah, so um, coffee was like really quick. I just had a baby, so I was really excited to have coffee. And I never was even a soda drinker. So like just that caffeine, I was like, you know what? That's my first step. Um, So that was really nice. And I have some friends that left recently as well. And we get together for coffee dates. And it's kind of like healing for our (laughs) post-Mormon selves. Um, And then alcohol was something that it took quite a while for me to get over it mentally and like get over that feeling like of shame. And I think in the church, we're taught so many bad things about alcohol. Not that I think alcohol's like great. Like I think it can be dangerous, of course, but like I was convinced that I'd have one sip of alcohol and become an alcoholic and ruin my life. And I was so scared for that. I eventually tried it and um, I enjoy it. I like it. I'm still dealing with that um, when it comes to like, um marijuana or like that type of stuff like I cannot get over it in my mind that it's okay it just still feels so bad to me um but yeah it's it's been interesting like trying to accept those things that um normal people do I guess so do you feel like your assimilation into the real world has been easy uh or it's a little bit more difficult like with getting over the, the marijuana, uh, it's more difficult like that. Yeah. It's, it's like strangely difficult. I think it's just because of growing up, like, um, in high school, like marijuana weed was so, um, so popular and I just fought it so hard. Like I broke up with a boyfriend because I didn't like that. He (laughs) smoked weed. And so now I'm like, how could I like now accept it? Um, but I think like, other than that, I've transitioned really well. It helps that my husband, like, you know, he's, he's not going to judge me. Like I have a friend where she's left, but her husband's still very much in. And I don't, I don't think she has any problems doing it, but I can see myself in that position. Like, oh, I shouldn't drink because I feel so guilty because he believes it's wrong. So I'm lucky that I have somebody that I'm with that, um, is supporting and not judging me at the time. So what was the biggest shelf breaker for you? Um, I think, well, it started a few years ago and I, um, I just kind of like was seeing all like, I actually, it's funny. I watched Queer Eye and I just loved the people in that show. And I was like, like, I just thought they were so kind and great. And I was like, how can like my church or my God, like not be accepting of them? And I really think that was the first like few steps for me that I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like if this was God's church, like this wouldn't, and it kind of like little things here and there just felt wrong for me. Um, but like I said, um, my husband was still very much in. So I, I tried my best for years. I held callings, um, but I was still, I was very nuanced at that time. Um, and it wasn't until we watched that show under the banner of heaven where I kind of like was allowed to hear about the history a little bit more um, and not just from the church's perspective. And once he started, my husband started researching about church history. I felt I gave myself permission, like, okay, I can look into these ex Mormon things. And it really just like was, you know, a few weeks of discovery for us where we're like learning all these things that we were lied to or things that were like put in a very different light. And so 
Um, I think it was a lot of like church history that like convinced me personally that the church wasn't true. Yeah, I think that I had a very similar experience to you with that, with my husband being in and me. uh, It was it was the queer issues that got me thinking, like, how can a loving God not not approve of this? Um, So I had a very similar experience to you with that. Um, But what is a piece of advice that you would give anyone that was in your situation? Um, Yeah, I think for me. And what really helped is neither of us pressured each other. Like I had a moment, um, you know, a few months into, sorry, um, a few months into like having doubts about the church when I finally came out and told my husband and um, like that I didn't believe in God or I wasn't believing in the church. And he was really sad, but he didn't pressure me ever. Um, And same with me. I never was like, please read this or you know what, like, why, like, you know, pressuring him at the same time. And I think that was both good for us to, um, for me to let my husband come to it on his own terms. Um, I think just the pressure and same if he was the one to leave first, I would have dug my heels in the sand, make us go to church, read scriptures and like really pressured him. So I think just like being patient and giving each other time to come to things on your own terms is really important. So getting back to the history part that you talked about, did you know about the CES letter before you left or did you learn about that after you left or as you were leaving? How did that look for you? Yeah. So that was another thing when I was having doubts, like I heard about it or yeah, I heard people talk about it, but I would not let myself like read it because I was like, but this is not a safe time because I was having those doubts, but nothing was confirmed and I didn't want it to be confirmed because I'm like, my husband's still in it. And if I completely left the church, like that would be so bad for my family and everything. So it wasn't until he was having doubts as well, where I was like, okay, now it's safe to kind of dive into those um, other sources or (laughs) I want to say ex-Mormon sources, but it's really not. It's just like the actual history. (laughs) So Um, Yeah, I just, it was waiting for that safe time to dive in that way. So is there anything else that you think our listeners should know about your experience? Um, I, I think like just going about the, you know, being patient and waiting if you're, if you were like me where you're having doubts, but your spouse isn't. Um, I think that being patient and respectful of each other is really important. Um, But yeah, that's basically it. And then as we're getting close to wrapping up, I'll ask you a two-part question. So the first part is, so how has it been for you seeing about like the AP News article and the SEC whole thing that went on? And then for the last half of the question, for this last question, I know you already gave one piece of advice, but if you'll give three tips for people looking to leave a high demand religion or cult, that'd be great. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think seeing all these recent stories about the church that have come out, um, it's really just, I don't know if it's like the ability that we have to like um, see these things easily on the internet or if like there's always been crazy stories happening around the church. Um, But I think you know, hearing of these stories just kind of shows like the true colors of who's leading this church. Um, 
And it's just kind of validating for us to see that and feel, you know, confident that we didn't want to be a part of an institution that has, you know, those really horrible things going on. Um, And then my three tips for someone um, wanting to leave or considering leaving is um, just one, realizing that there is a community outside of the church that you can find. And, you know, the church members aren't the only source of support. I think that was one thing that was scary for me because I I loved like my church community and I still have contact with some of them. But, um, you know, I've made amazing friends outside of it. Um, another tip would be to have a friend. I mean, I think these podcasts are great, like feel it, helping people feel that they're not alone in their journey. But um, however you connect with somebody, Reddit, Facebook groups, it's really helpful. Um, and then last tip I would say is just you can still find like what worked for you um, in the church. I mean, there's tons of things that I feel are bad, but I think there's tons of great things that you know, I can still hold on to if I have a friend that really enjoyed the music. So she still listens to the music and that's great. So that would what I say. I really love that last piece of advice. Um, Cause I think a lot of times we leave because we know it's so bad, but there were good things about it uh, that we could enjoy. <laughs> so I really love that last piece of advice. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on and have a great day. Of course. Thank you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.